Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura, and unfortunately, Brandon Karam is no longer with us tonight. But that's okay. We have a full, very full slate of games to run through today, and I am very excited to still be here with all of you and to be able to talk about this despite Brandon's um, unfortunate absence. So first up, we've got the Astros and the Rangers. Houston's early production was capped by Chase McCormick's solo shot, and that got the Strohs up 3-0. Trailing 4-2 now, Adolis Garcia kept this party going with two home runs to lead off, six unanswered runs in the late innings. Texas wins 8-4. Give the win to Colby Allard. Starter Jordan Lyles went six innings, allowing four earned runs. And naturally, you know, kind of what you'd expect, the loss will go to Andre Scrub. Today, Christian Javier will take on Mike fulton But I would really like to talk about Adolis Garcia and what he has done so far this year. Um, clearly still rookie, still rookie eligible as prior to this season, he at 28 has only played 24 career major league baseball games and they had not been so good at all. Um, of course, you've got his 20 age 25 season in 2018. He gets called up presumably in November with St. Louis or November, uh, September. 
with St. Louis slashes 118, 118, 176. That's a 294 OPS in 17 at-bats with a negative 21 OPS plus. You'd think it couldn't get any worse from there, but then in three games with the Rangers last season, he is unable to get a hit and is only able to get on base once with a walk. So a 143 OPS entirely based on batting average. Also not what you'd expect there. But then we get to 2021 and boy, what an improvement here. Uh, 37 games so far this year. This guy has three doubles, a triple, 14 home runs. Um, where you want to go? Five stolen bases and is slashing 291, 331, 582. Again, for those who do not know by a slash line, I mean his batting average, his on base percentage, and his slugging percentage. So you've got a 291 batting average, a 331 on base percentage, and a 582 slugging for 913 OPS. That's a monster difference and is proven even more in OPS plus where he goes from negative numbers, which granted if given more at bats probably doesn't happen, but all the way up to a 149 OPS plus. That's a monster increase for anybody even if you're above nine, even if you're above 90, if you're a slightly below average hitter in the league, this is a huge deal to play the way he has now for two straight months. I mean, it's one thing to have this kind of production in April. It's another thing to be able to extend this almost the entire way through May now. And in my opinion, I struggle to see anyone else who is doing the same things he's doing as a rookie clear front runner for rookie of the year for me. He's just dominating this and great on the Rangers who, you know, are kind of going through this rebuild or whatever they'd like to call it right now. They've given him room to operate. They've given him the opportunity and he's taken full advantage of it. They gave him the keys to the car. Now it's his turn to drive. This isn't a sports car. Odds are the Texas Rangers this year are probably closer to a Prius, but Nonetheless, he has the keys and he's driving it like it is a sports car. He's driving this this Prius as if it's a Ferrari. And frankly, it looks very, very good on him. Next up, we've got the Red Sox and the Phillies. The Red Sox got out to a two to one lead in the early innings before the brief laser show intermission because Xander Bogarts and Danny Santana both launched piss missiles in the sixth before a Rice Hoskins home run and a bases loaded hit by pitch cut the lead from four to one to four to three. But the Red Sox shut down the Phillies lineup from there with Adam Ottavino and Matt Barnes and win it four to three. Give that win to Nathan Eovaldi. Nate the Great went five and a third, allowing two earned runs. Give that loss to Sam. How did I get to the majors? Howard. He went three innings, allowing two earned runs and five strikeouts. The save will go to Matt Barnes, who's again had a fantastic year and just showed all of his dominance today as he finishes this game with a strikeout of Rice Hoskins, who'd already homered previously in the game on four straight knuckle curves. He threw that curve ball 
four consecutive times, first one for a ball, the next three all for strikes, and just dominated Rice Hoskins. He didn't know what he was looking at there. It was beautiful to watch. Next is Erod versus Zach Wheeler. Certainly not a game I am looking forward to. But next, we've got the Yankees and the White Sox. Yankees got to Dylan Cease for five runs and then added two more, including a solo piece by Mike Ford. They take care of business, winning seven to nothing. Give the win to Garrett Cole. He went seven innings of shutout ball with seven strikeouts. The loss to Dylan Cease went four and a third, allowing five runs and six strikeouts. We get Dallas Keuchel versus Jamison Tyone today. All right, next up on the docket, we've got D-backs and Rockies. The Rockies led 3-0 when the D-backs and Rockies traded three and four run half innings in the sixth, respectively. Eduardo Escobar went 4-0-6 for three runs, but Arizona falls 7-6. Give the win to Tyler Kinley. The loss to Madison Bumgarner, who um, certainly went Went a pretty sizable distance today. I didn't write it down, but I believe it was uh, five or six innings, but also gives up five earned runs. And, you know, that's that's not what you want to see out of the guy who you're really counting on to be your top dog with the Zach Gallen um, being missing on the IL. You need him to step up. You need him to not only eat innings, but eat innings in a quality way as well. Give that save to former Red Sox Daniel Bard, his fifth on the year. Next up will be Taylor Widener versus John Gray. Next up, we will have the Nationals and the Orioles. The Orioles got this thing started in the first as they managed to bring on five runs early. The first off of a Freddie Galvis double, and then with the bases loaded, Ryan Mountcastle takes a 3-1 ball out of the yard. Grand slam, grand salami. They lead 5-0. The Nationals work their way back to now trailing 6-1. And Josh Harrison hits a grand slam of his own to center field to make this a 6-5 ball game. From there, Washington had all the momentum, fully capitalizing in the bottom of the sixth as they get all the way up to 12 runs there, scoring three in that, in that mark. And they win this thing 12 to nine. Give the win to Daniel Hudson out of the pen. He went for an inning. John Lester went four innings, allowing six earned runs. The loss will go to Adam Plutko for the Orioles. He went two innings, long, four earned. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman went three innings, long, five runs today for them. And Brad Hand gets the save from Washington, his now his sixth on the year for that club. Let's move on over to Detroit and Kansas City, where a certain former Red Sox had an absolute day. Today was Andrew Benintendi certainly leading this squad and starting things with a two-run single in the bottom of the first. Uh, Akil Badu is doing what he should here in the top of the second, ties this thing up two to two, but Kansas City gets out to a 4-2 lead in the bottom of the fourth, thanks to Michael A. Taylor and Nikki Lopez. That lead 
only grew just a little bit, but they hold on to win seven to five. Kansas City does on a night where Andrew Benintendi ends up with three RBIs on a two for three day with one walk here. Give the win to Brady Singer. He went six and a third, allowing three earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Matthew Boyd. He went five innings, allowing five earned runs and five strikeouts. Next on the docket, we have a very interesting game here. Our first, I believe, yes, our first extra innings game of the day. Our only extra innings game of the day. Indians twins. The Indians, of course, started this out. They get up three, nothing partially off of a Fran Mail Reyes home run, his 11th of the year. And then an Austin Hedges single drives in that third run. Josh Donaldson, Miguel Sano, and Alex Kirillov all rally back in separate innings going three, four, then sixth inning to tie this ball game up. And it would take a Cesar Hernandez home run, his fifth of the year, to drive in both himself and that inherited runner in the 10th to walk this thing off a final score of five to three in favor of Cleveland. Give that win to James Karen Shack. Shane Bieber went five and a third today, allowing three earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Alex Colome for Minnesota. Kenta Maeda went five innings, allowing three earned runs and six strikeouts in this matchup. Of course, for those of you who are more general sports fans out there, you may know that there was a pretty big boxing card today, which ended with a unification, or I'm sorry, not unification, a undisputed championship in the middleweight division between Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez. This is certainly not the Jose Ramirez you're thinking of here, the third baseman for the Cleveland Indians. However, one thing remains between the two of them. That's because that's because they can just barely not win. Uh, Jose Ramirez, the American in this bout, falls. And of course, just falls just shy of winning and becoming the undisputed champion of that belt class. It reminds me so much of the Jose Ramirez we have here, who just consistently falls just short of being truly recognized for how great he is. I mean, just think about how many MVP runs this guy's had. First off, already been recognized with three silver sluggers. Uh, before age 28 and now has finished in the top three of the MVP voting on three separate occasions has gotten MVP votes in four separate occasions. Uh, And in all of these always just coming just shy Uh, third place in MVP voting in 2017, 2018, third place again, 2019 was certainly the roughest year of his career. His OPS plus in that season drops down to 106. But then in 2020, he bounces right on back. 163 OPS leads the league in runs that season and finishes second just behind Jose Abreu, who 
was certainly not a clear choice for that pick. I think last year, AL MVP could have gone in a number of different directions. Frankly, so could the National League. I mean, there was certainly a case for Mookie Betts to go back to back. I'm glad it went to Freddie Freeman. Of course, if you remember before the season started, we went over our favorite players and he was pretty high up on mine. I've certainly liked his leadership and his overall play since he was starting to come up in the league with that last run of the old Braves teams. So I was certainly glad to see him get that. I think he deserved it, but it would not have shocked me if they went the other way and went with Mookie Betts, the voters, and it would not have shocked me by any means if Jose Ramirez had gotten that. But yet again, he comes up just short. Keep in mind, this is another guy who was on those Cleveland Indians teams that were going to World Series. They were going to American League uh, championship series. They were trying for pendants. They were trying for World Series rings and just came up short every time. I mean, I think you can even look at this season. He's got 12 home runs right now, but his ninth, at least his ninth and 10th, possibly his eighth, he was always just behind the pack back when there was that, you know, a couple of weeks ago when there was this huge pack of players who all were in that 9-10 area, all tied for the lead. There was like four different guys. And it would always be like the next day, Jose Ramirez would hit an absolute moonshot, tie himself for the lead. And then like 10 minutes later, Ronald Acuna would set himself back up to lead the majors in home runs again. It's like, it's like this guy is always falling short, just like the other Jose Ramirez fell short. But enough of a boxing analogy. We want more baseball. Let's get into the Braves and the Pirates here. And it went pretty much as you'd expect. Ronald Acuna, who would have thought he would be leading the league in home runs again. He's got 15 after he takes a solo shot in the bottom of the first. Austin Riley adds another driving in Freddie Freeman to make it 2-0 there. The Braves would go on to win six to one, including two home runs by Ozzy Albies, his eighth and ninth on the season. Uh, give this win to Wilson for, or Bryce Wilson for the Atlanta Braves. He went six and two thirds of an inning, allowing one earned run and striking out four batters. Um, Mitch Keller will take the loss, unfortunately, for Pittsburgh. He went five innings, allowing five earned runs and six strikeouts. Not the way you want to be going there. This is yet again, you know, another loss for this Pittsburgh team, who is now 18 and 27. Atlanta, again, if they can get some momentum coming out of this series with Pittsburgh, they're going to be seated very, very nicely to challenge uh, teams like the Mets, like the Phillies, who are all kind of faltering, as we're going to talk about in the next recap, and kind of hanging around, staying close to 500. This is a team that's only two games under 500, a team that we all said was much better than a 500 team. So they're going to turn it around eventually. It's just a matter of when and how close is it going to be once other teams like the Mets fully find themselves once a team like the Phillies works out their kinks, how close are things going to be? 
But our next game, Marlins Mets. Uh, we start off scoring in the bottom of the seventh as a Corey Dickerson sack fly puts Miami up on the board first. But then Dom Smith singles and drives in one of his own in the bottom of, I'm sorry, top of the eighth. And it takes until the bottom of the ninth, where on a full count, Garrett Cooper sends his fifth home run of the year to center field. He scores Brian Anderson along with himself. Not like that matters because the Marlins walk it off three, two, one. Give that win to Garcia of Miami. Yimmy Garcia. Uh, Pablo Lopez started this game. He went seven innings of shutout ball with eight strikeouts. The loss will go to Smith of New York and Joey Lucchese uh, went four innings with no earned runs and eight strikeouts to start out this game as well. Very well pitched. But again, this is another thing we talked about before the season. Miami's got to pick off games, weird games, weird series from teams, especially when they get to play these guys at home. So for a division that has not separated themselves from the 500 mark too well, dropping these games is just going to make things even more nerve wracking for these teams as they worry about getting past and worry about working themselves into the wild card discussion. Next, we have Milwaukee and Cincinnati, another very close game. Luis Urias homers, his fifth on the year to lead out scoring. Uh, this won't stop Scott Heinemann and Jesse Winker from homering in the third inning, putting Cincinnati up 2-1. Jackie Bradley then puts Milwaukee up on top, only to have this tied in inning later, half inning later. And then in the top of the seventh, Daniel Robertson sends his first home run of the year out to give Milwaukee the lead, and they hold on to that to win four to three. Give the win to Suter, Brent Suter, and Brett Anderson goes in this one. He's the starter. He goes five innings, allowing two earned runs. The loss will be given to Heath Hembry for Cincinnati. Sonny Gray went six innings, allowing three earned runs and eight strikeouts. And of course, give this save to one of the baddest man's men, baddest man's, uh, baddest men on the planet, Josh Hader. He gets his 10th save in another dominant outing where he strikes out two. All right. Next up, we've got uh, the most anticipated series of the weekend here Dodgers Giants. That was played a little more interestingly than I thought it was going to be by the Giants here, who, you know, are trying desperately to hold on to this division lead and go with a more interesting and unexpected starter in this one in Scott Kazmir, who had not started, had not really played major league time this season or in several seasons with anyone. So it was interesting to see how he'd hold up here. He's actually his last season in the majors was with the LA Dodgers back in 2016. So we were all waiting with bated breath to see what would happen here. Max Muncie opened scoring in the top of the first with his ninth home run of the year. And then 
that was just about all that uh, Scott Casimir would give up in this game. And that wasn't even earned. Top of the fifth, without him in, Austin Barnes homers for the first time this year. And then in the seventh, we get a double that scores a run with Matt, the RBI man, BD driving it in. Who else could you possibly expect to be bringing this in? It, it, it's beautiful to see. The Dodgers continue to extend this lead before a last-second comeback attempt by Buster Posey with his ninth home run of the year falls short, and the Dodgers win this one 6-3. to three. Give the win to Walker Buehler, who went seven innings, allowing one earned run and five strikeouts. The loss will go to Scott Kazmier. He went four innings, allowing one earned run. All right, next up, we've got the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals. Another close game here on the day. Javi Baez singles in the top of the first drive in the first run, and then nothing would happen until later in the game where bottom of the fifth is still trailing 1-0. Elaine Thomas drives in a run for St. Louis. And then in the seventh, Yadi Molina goes yard for the seventh time this year to give them the lead and the win in the long term as the Cardinals go on to win this one 2-1 to one over the Chicago Cubs and extend themselves to seven games above 500. Give the win to Cabrera. Miles Mikolas went four innings along one earned run for the Cardinals today. Albert Alzale gets the loss in the start here. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The save will be given to Alex Reyes, his 14th of the year for the Cardinals, who are starting to become everything we thought they'd be and more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Next, we've got the Tampa Bay Rays against the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is the first career game for Taylor Walls, a highly touted prospect that Tampa was looking forward to bringing up this year. When they traded William Adamas, everybody started wondering who they'd bring up. Everyone thought, of course, it would be Wander Franco, their top prospect. Instead, they decide to lead with Taylor Walls, and he certainly had a day for this team, but let's get into what happened here. Teoscar Hernandez doubles to start scoring, driving in one run for Toronto. From there, it was the Rays, who in the fifth, Mike Zanino goes yard, his 11th of the year to tie it, and then Manny Margot 
has an RBI single in the top of the eighth to score another the the go ahead run and the Rays go on to win this three to one over the Toronto Blue Jays. Give the win to Andrew Kittridge. Shane McClanahan got another start today. Looked very, very strong. He went five innings, allowing one earned run. The loss will go to Castro of Toronto. And Robbie Ray started this one. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. Of course, a very good day for Taylor Walls. He goes two for four in his debut here with one strikeout. You cannot complain with starting your career with a 500 batting average and 1,500 OPS. That, that's certainly by no means a bad day. That's pretty okay. Next, we have the Padres in the Mariners, a Padres team who has been hoping that the Giants would pick off the Dodgers at some point so they would get their moment in the sun without a ton of competition not without being within half games and tiebreakers of losing it. In the bottom of the second, Ha Young Kim doubles and drives in the first run of the game. Mitch Hanniger homered in the third. And then from there, it was, it was a pretty sizable San Diego run in the fifth where they just start scoring runs like crazy, stolen bases, throw on throwing errors, uh, a single by Eric Hosmer brings in more. It ends up six to one San Diego by the bottom of the fifth top of the eighth and top of the ninth. The Seattle Mariners try to make a comeback scoring three runs in those two half innings, but they ultimately fall six to four. Give the win to Andrew Stammen. He went one inning after Ryan Weathers started this game going four innings, allowing one earned run. And Dinelson Lamette also comes into this game. We're going three innings of shutout ball with five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Justice Sheffield, you know, one of those highly touted Yankees pitching prospects who goes five innings along five earned runs here. And the San Diego Padres improved themselves to 29 and 17 on the year as Mark Melanson picks up his 16th save on the season. Next up, we've got the A's and the Angels. The A's got three home runs in this game, one from Matt Olson, another from Aramis Garcia, and Seth Brown homers again sending a ball to right center field. This gets this helps get Oakland up to a 6-0 lead over these Angels before Jose Iglesias and a triple by Shohei Otani can drive in some runs, ending the shutout. The Athletics win this one 6-2 over the Angels. Give the win to Chris Bassett. He goes seven and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs and eight strikeouts. The loss will be to Patrick Sandoval of the Angels. He goes five innings, allowing two earned runs in this one. Uh, Certainly took care of business. The A's did here after a frustrating series against Houston, where they just could not, again, keep themselves from having the same old struggles that they had to start the year, that they had to have that huge winning streak to combat. 
They are now um, nine games above 500. The Angels continue to struggle at 19 and 27. That finishes up all of the games from today. I'm surprised I made that through that with very limited drink breaks. So if you don't mind, I will take one real quick. That was a little awkward. My bad. Um, Next up, we got the PPP. I've got three names here for this one. Of course, unfortunately, we can no longer add any more as Brandon can't put his input anymore. God bless his soul. We've got first here, we have Taylor Walls, of course, a top prospect from the Rays organization. Got his first couple starts up at Triple A this year and didn't disappoint there. And he is not disappointing here. He became the first Rays rookie to have multiple doubles in his opening game with the team his first his MLB debut he came out with a bang two for four with two doubles breaking Tampa records hopefully he'll be here longer than his six years but with them you never know next up we've got Walker Bueller Walker Bueller did something I didn't even realize was a record or a trend whatever you'd like to call it but apparently it was So far this season, up until Walker Buehler's start tonight, it's the first time that any starter has made it through seven innings against this Giants team. I mean, this this Giants team is someone we have been associating with really, really quality starting pitching mixed in with a very solid bullpen. However, like, I don't think we've been giving this, um, this lineup nearly enough credit. We've been talking about all of the guys who have kind of had like resurrection years and like shown that they're just as good as they've always been. I mean, you think Buster Posey's back at it. He's over a thousand OPS right now. Uh, Mikey Yaz, of course, started off incredibly slow, but it's, is rising up. Evan Longoria was incredibly hot to start the year. Mike Talkman's been great since he came over in that trade. You just think you think about a couple of guys here and there, but once we put this lineup all together, uh, Brandon Crawford as well, they've obviously just been tearing teams apart just enough to tax their bullpen, which makes things, of course, even easier when they go into the rest of the series. I mean, if you're getting a guy out of the game in at least the preferably the third or fourth, but even the fifth inning, back-to-back nights with four innings on your bullpen isn't the thing you'd love to see if you're another team. It's certainly going to give you a little bit of taxation, especially compared to their starters who have all been going so long this year and pitching so well. So this lineup's been putting the pitching staff in a position of strength as well as themselves later down the line. But yeah, no, definitely a great job for Walker Bueller to be able to break that streak. Then, of course, we have one little Red Sox appreciation post here, and that's Danny the Manny Santana. Santani. Yes, Danny the Manny Santani. Danny Santana. This dude now, of course, two, two games with the Red Sox, two games this season, and he has already launched two home runs playing first and center field for this team. I've been very impressed with his debut. I'm not expecting him to be an all-star but he could be a very fun role player for this team. But more importantly, 
We are now one home run. We are one day shy. If he can hit a home run off of Zach Wheeler and co tomorrow, he will have a bingo bango Yahtzee in his first three games, the Red Sox. I'm all here for it. I'm all ears. Let's go. All right, next up is the leaderboard. Um, I think we're just going to take a quick moment of silence for Brandon as he won't be able to be here to do his leaderboard segment as he normally does. All right. Um, As always, we're just going to run through some of the stats leaders. Um, I have not decided if we're going to get into the pitching, but we're going to do a deep dive into the hitting today. Of course, average, you still have Yerman Mercedes here at 364. Uh, Stolen bases right now, I believe, is still Whit Merrifield at 12. It is. Whit Merrifield and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa are the top two here at 12 and 10. Home runs, of course, that that marker goes to Ronald Acuna here at 15, just one ahead of Mr. Shohei Otani. Uh, been a really great season for both of these guys. And as I'll talk about in a few minutes, I really hope that this isn't the end of Shohei Otani pitching and hitting. He just brings so much excitement to the league, so much war, so much fantasy points for all of you out there who are loving that. But let's take a look at who we've got here in the pitching categories. Of course, we got strikeouts here. That leader is Shane Bieber. I forget what I said his strikeouts were today. However, he still would hold on to that as he already has 92 going into this game. ERA leader at this point in time, that's the opposite way. Um, We've got Jacob deGrom still, of course, a .68 ERA so far this year. He's been fantastic. And hopefully he'll continue this when he comes back from the IL. Um, I certainly hope he does, but I hope he doesn't run into any trouble, of course, doing some silly stuff today. I'm not sure how many people have seen this. Go ahead and look it up. But he decided he was going to warm up one of his friends before his start today, gets on all of that catching gear and starts warming him up out in the outfield before the game. Um, You certainly like to see these guys having fun. However, with Jacob deGrom just coming back from the injured list, recently you don't really want to see him screwing around too too much here all right next up i've got a fun and fun segment that i'm surprised we have not done yet we are i'm going to take a quick look through the statistics of the kbo the korean baseball organization of course for all of you baseball lovers out there you remember the kbo very well as being the first major sport to come back to play during the pandemic as Korea handled the pandemic so well in April, they were able to open up and get the baseball players in the stadiums playing games with only a couple of weeks taken off of their season. So some of us still look at their stuff. I mean, I know I've been, I haven't been following my LG twins nearly as much as I should be, but I will be better about that. So let's take a look and see who some of the top performers in this league are from a statistics standpoint. Um, I've got the batting average right here. Quite interesting. 
Uh, the KTU Wiz is Ba Kang now has a 407 average through 39 games. This is the start. This is the part of the season where you start to take notice of that. It is not easy to hit above 400 for 39 games, 150 at bats. Now he is over that mark. That is an insane marker to be at and is certainly the hits leader because of that as well. Let's look over here at home runs. We have Aaron Alther of the NC Dinos. Of course, I have to assume that that is one of the international players they're allowed to sign. Jose Perella is also right behind him. They have 13 home runs and 12 home runs, respectively. In terms of RBIs, it is Bako Kang again with 42 RBIs and that 407 batting average. Let's see who's been striking out a lot here. And we have a tie here between Suk Huang Yang and Si Huan Ro are both tied for the lead in strikeouts. And one of my favorite stats, a dying art everywhere, apparently, but Korea. They're doing this is not bad here. We have Hye Song Kim of the Heroes has is now now my new hero as he has 19 stolen bases in 40 games. Um, we're not going to see that again in Major League Baseball. We're going to see less and less of this. Honestly, Whit Merrifield may be the last of his kind to steal bases at the clip that he does. Next, we have Heyman Park at 14, Won Jun Choi at 11, and now we're kind of starting to level back into our Major League Baseball caliber. Looking over into the pitching here, uh, Andrew Andrew Suarez of the LG Twins, who who else, of course, leads the league in strikeouts with 57. The ERA leader is also Andrew Suarez at 168. This guy is absolutely dominating this year and has him second in the league in wins with five right behind the Lions, Tai-In Wong, as well as um, David Buchanan for that team, is also tied with Min Woon Kim and Andrew Suarez. So this has certainly been a really great pit year for, as far as pitching goes for this Lions team, and hopefully it can keep up for them because, you know, pitching really does mean so much in terms of your the rest of your team's Ability. If you can have starters that can carry your team well, then you're you're going to be set up so well for the later parts of the season where your bullpen's rested, your position players haven't had a whole bunch of high pressure, high stress at bats put on them. It's really the best thing for the team. All right. Next up, we have a couple ideas, um, of course. So Shohei Otani, we reported about last last week gets pulled from a start after he's throwing about 90 miles an hour on his fastball. Um, just to give reference, he started the year in the first couple innings of his first start. He was hitting 100, a little over 100. I think it was 106. And then his lead, his average for the season has been 96 miles an hour in that fastball. So not only is 10 miles an hour in two months, a significant drop-off, but six miles an hour in a start is not, not good. It's no bueno. I'm going to be right, right, at, right out with that. 
I mean, you can't that that is a big major red flag. So they pulled him and he won't start until next Friday. Um, hopefully we don't have any issues with that going forward. I don't think we will, but we have to have a serious talk here. I don't think Shohei Otani as a traditional starter is going to work in the same way that everyone thinks it will. I mean, yes, it's great to have him there in, in the, in the lineup every night. It's great to have him pitching. Of course, he's got such an unhittable splitter. You don't want to see that leave. It's too good. It's too much fun for the game. However, maybe we need to see a little less of it. I have two ideas here that I think would work to keep his workload down on the pitching end, as that seems to be the part that keeps getting screwed up and partially also screwing up with his hitting. I mean, you can't have elbow issues and arm issues as a pitcher and then not have that affect your ability to hit, not have that affect your ability to swing the bat. So I think there's two areas that would work in Shohei's favor here. The first is probably the best moneymaker for the Angels, and that is to have him pitch once a week, once a week only. Shohei Otani could hypothetically pitch every single Friday. Every Friday, that way they know they're getting maximum attendance on the Friday nights. They're getting the most people watching on Friday nights when they get home from work and they've got the weekend. They can crack a beer open and watch Shohei Otani throw darts from the mound. I think a lot of people are going to get behind that in that LA market, being able to see him in such a prime time spot all the time. But then of course you also have that flexibility. If you start a home series on say Saturday, or you start a home end a home series on Thursday, you can move him back and forth because he's had so much rest time between those days and just fill around it so that, you're putting him in the best position to make you money, increase the, which you can then invest into the team payroll and build a bigger team around this, a better team around this. The other spot that I think would be equally intriguing, not as financially viable for this team, is Shohei Otani as a closer. Now, I operate this idea under the premise that we go with the fire sale idea we'd been talking about a couple days ago when we were wondering if this was the end of showtime, if this was the end of him pitching. Hypothetically, if you trade all of the pieces that are coming off this year, if you trade Justin Upton, if you trade um, Rossiel Iglesias, Jose Iglesias, all these guys, get a bunch of prospects and have your books nice and clean to go into next free agency and really build a strong group of role players around your core of Otani, Rendon, Walsh, and Trout. That's going to put you together well. But if you trade Rossi on Iglesias, that now leaves you devoid of a closer, which Shohei Otani can now move into that role. Keep in mind, as a closer, there's no way you're pitching six innings a week on, on a very heavy workload week. You may, you may throw five innings. You may throw on five out of the seven days and that's including a rest day. So that, that would basically be, you're getting one game off. That's not going to happen very often where you're going to have your closer pitching that much. So I could see a world where that 
cuts down the amount of innings he has to throw, the amount of innings on his arm, that's going to save him long-term having to do less. And it's going to make some of those pitches so much more dangerous. We've been talking about how good that breaking ball of his is where no one's really been able to hit it. I believe still no one has hit it this year. There's been a lot of strikeouts with his breaking stuff. That's only going to become more dangerous the less people see it. I mean, you think about it, you're going to be throwing it a decent amount if it's your best pitch as a starter. So within the next few years, that unhittable pitch is going to become more and more hittable, particularly to teams in the division. You're going to have guys like Jose Altuve, potentially Carlos Correa if he's still around, Matt Chapman still being there, seeing that pitch over and over again, eventually someone's going to pick up on it. However, it, as a closer, those top guys are going to see it less than a third of the time. I mean, let's say he's going through three times the rotation now. So he gets to see these guys three times a game. He throws it three times. As a closer, if you're doing your job correctly, you're going to see a third of the lineup each time. So not only are you not going to see these guys every single series potentially, but you have a one in three chance that you're going to get some of these scarier names. They're going to have a lot less looks at your best stuff, and it's going to become a lot harder or stay as hard to hit. So he's going to stay just as exciting as he is now, if not more, for longer if he's a closer. That's my pick there. That's the take that I like the best. Certainly let us know what you think of that on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. We've got a lot of great content going there. Um, of course, some of our own stuff, some of our own jokes. We do kind of you know aggregate a lot of different posts from around the MLB sphere, likes and retweets. So having us followed there is going to be an instant injection of things from across the baseball world coming onto your feed. And I know I've been certainly well more informed running this account and being able to do all the likes and retweets of stuff than I ever was before. But also you can get in on our event we've had going here where we are doing trivia questions every weekday of the year. And if you get it correct first, you get two points. If you get it correct at any point in time, you can literally just copy whoever's answer you think is right. And you can also still get points and still try to compete and work your way up the leaderboard to win a free belly up sports shirt and a free MLB daily shirt. Once those come out at the very end of the season, whoever has the most points will get both of those for free. Shipping is free. All you have to do is play. All you have to do is take your best guess every day and we will be incredibly pleased with that. And everyone has been very encouraging of that so far. So definitely go ahead and get in on that. That about wraps up today's episode, our recaps, all of this. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you manana.